Welcome into another edition of the Sibling Rivalry Podcast, a show all about college football where the conversations are lively, the topics are irreverent, and the hosts are semi-knowledgeable. I'm Madison, and I'm joined as always by my brother Pierce. Pierce, how are you? Doing well. Uh, it's it's been nice to have a couple days from to relax from this national championship. Uh, good bowl season all around, in my opinion, and uh, yeah, ready to dive into things. Absolutely, we are. Uh, it hasn't quite hit me, Pierce. We're post mortem on the college football season, and that's what our next few episodes are going to be focusing on. Uh, not only the season as a whole, but also the decade. We're looking at a new decade of college football, and I'd love to look back at where we were at um, in a few episodes from now, talking about where we were at when we were entering the 2010s as we enter the Roaring Twenties. It hasn't quite hit me that the season's over yet. I'm sure. Uh, next Saturday, I'll be itching for some football action, and we're not going to have it, so that's going to be tough. But we still have the pros, and it's a pretty exciting time for us here at the Sibling Rivalry Podcast because our Tennessee Titans are still in the playoffs. What? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's definitely the reason I haven't been uh, had that post post national championship, you know, blues. I haven't had those yet because. This these playoffs have really captivated us, and we're not necessarily we enjoy all football, regardless. But we're generally college football fans, so um, we're not used to this. So it's pretty pretty exciting times. So excited for this Sunday. Let's hope all goes well. But you know, at the end of the day, college football is king. Let's not waste any more breath. Let's talk about what everybody knew they were getting today and what we came here to talk about today, which is the national championship, which took place just a few days ago in the Sugar Bowl, or well, rather (laughs) in New Orleans, not the Sugar Bowl, but the national championship uh, was between the Clemson Tigers and the LSU Tigers. The battle of the Tigers, the battle for who can be called the real Death Valley. And uh, I think we both had a prediction that Clemson would at least cover, and cover they did not. LSU caps off their absolutely historic season. Joe Burrow became the absolute GOAT, and that's spelled G-E-A-U-X-T, Pierce, uh, of Louisiana. Absolutely phenomenal year for them. Coach O gets his first national championship. I'm sure that the state of Louisiana will not forget about this one for a really long time. 42 to 25, if I didn't already say, that was the final score of that one. First loss for Trevor Lawrence as a Clemson QB. First loss, I believe, in two seasons for the Clemson Tigers. And uh, they're not able to repeat LSU, ultimately the victors, in an incredible year for them. Probably, I would say, one of the best offenses of all time, Pierce. Yeah, it's hard not. It's hard to disagree on that. Uh, in regards to that, I mean, I'm uh, I'm still still processing a little bit of it, but um, there are a couple storylines on either side that are are very large, in my opinion. And that is, you hit the nail on the head. Is this the best team that's ever won a national championship? Best team maybe ever. Um, I, I'm, I'm, you know, I don't know enough yet about some of the teams way back in the day, you know, before my time, but it's hard to disagree, especially just looking at the last two decades. I mean, you could, you can make a couple arguments. You just never know, but, um, that, and also you had some crazy storylines coming out after the game with LSU, which was pretty funny. I mean, I don't really, I take all those in, in jest. They're, they're more fun comments to talk about. Um, but then you look at Clemson and and Trevor Lawrence just wasn't himself and first loss in two years and it's it's a shame because this was 
I mean, yes, it was versus a good team, a very good team, arguably one of the best ever. Um, but Lawrence, you expected to come out, and, and it raises questions to me about Clemson. There's going to be, even though they played well on defense, as best as I think they could have, Venables had some had a great game plan. Their defense played great to start. You know, can't or I mean, I said Kansas City. It's kind of like Mahomes and Kansas Kansas City right now. That's a great comparison. You know, you're just not going to hold them down, and we saw it with Kansas City having 50, 51 unanswered points um, against Houston in the playoffs last week. That's kind of how LSU is. You're just gonna you might be able to hold them a few times, but they're just gonna keep on scoring and, and do it in bunches and do it very quick. Um, so, you know, but there is a lot of what if, what ifs on the Clemson side as far as what if Trevor Lawrence was himself. I mean, it wasn't a 30 point game. So, um, you know, Burrow obviously was the key to the key. He's the catalyst of everything. Um, throwing for 463, five touchdowns, breaking the re- the record of 60 in a season. Very, very impressive there. Um, Lawrence still put up 234. Clyde Edwards Alaire had a quiet 110. I really didn't think he had that many many rushing yards. Um, and then obviously the receivers and with Joe Burrow putting putting it on the receivers and the tight ends like it was Velcro. Um, you had Jamar Chase go for 221 and and Thaddeus Moss two TD. So pretty dominant performance overall um, by LSU and capped off what uh, was a phenomenal season. One what if they didn't win would have just felt wrong. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of interesting here, Pierce. We'll get into this in a bit. We're going to do a preview, a way too early uh, ranking of the top 25 for next season have, has already come out, of course, because, you know, we're college football fans. And uh, in this day and age with all the media coverage, it would be unnatural for us to not already be looking forward to next season. So we're going to comment on this. But interesting, because even though Clemson lost, they've got to be feeling pretty good about where they're at. They're not losing a ton of talent. Trevor's coming back. LSU, on the other hand, even though they had one of the most dominant performances that uh, we've seen in a really long time, they don't return a lot of their talent. They've seen a lot of people go pro announcing over the past couple days. Joe Burrow, of course, is uh, out of eligibility. He'll probably be the number one pick next uh, in, a, in April, rather. So it's kind of interesting. Even though LSU won, it's kind of one of those things where it was like, well, this was our shot. We had to do it now. Uh, whereas Clemson is going, okay, well, we didn't win, and that sucks, and we got to dust ourselves off because we still have uh, certainly another shot next year, if not the year after as well. So um, – Team of Destiny not fulfilled for Dabo and Clemson, but ultimately the powerhouse of uh, Coach O and Joe Burrow get it done. Very cool for them. Uh, it's fun to see shakeups. You know, it's been going back and forth between Alabama and Clemson for the past few years. It's fun to see another team win. And, of course, our SEC bias uh, makes us happy that it came from the South. Pierce. That's going to do it for our coverage of the national championship. Like I said, we'll touch on this some more as we get into our off-season coverage. If you're not subscribed, let me go ahead and put a PSA out there right now. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, go ahead and do it. It's completely free, and uh, that way you never miss a podcast that drops. We're coming to you weekly, even though it is the off-season. We've got some fun things planned, and um, I hopefully, I promise... I don't promise. I hope that we never miss a week. Sometimes life gets in the way. But if you go ahead and subscribe, you'll never miss anything that we drop. Uh, So that's my little PSA right there. Pierce, really quickly, we didn't touch on it too in-depthly, and we're not going to do a huge full-fledged recap. It's just a lot of games to cover. But was there anything from the bowl season that we haven't talked about that really stuck out to you? 
Yeah, I mean, this was a, a strange bowl season in the sense that I didn't think there were too many upsets, especially in regards to the the games that I had a lot of confidence in. The one that I probably was most most surprised about was uh, BYU and Hawaii. I thought BYU had a more proven track record and and you know a, a very proven offense and defense and are well coached. I thought they'd go into that game and and win. I I, I know it was in Hawaii. Um, so there are arguments to be made there, but when, uh, when Hawaii, you just don't know the level of competition they're playing every year there, they, they face some good teams every year, but you know, week in and week out, I didn't think, I mean, BYU, you've seen, they went to Tennessee and won. um, they, they've been battle tested this entire season. So surprised about that one. Um, surprised about the Oregon game only because I, I did think Wisconsin would win, but I thought it'd be close some crazy calls in that one. Um, most notably the office and PI. I hate to, I, I'm the last one to talk about referees, but um, that one, that one's just tough. That one you can, you know, if you're a Wisconsin fan, if I were a Wisconsin fan, that'd be incredibly tough to take. Um, and, and it also leads into a storyline for next year. Cause I think if Herbert comes back for Oregon, it could be a big deal. He has yet to declare. Um, so that could play in a little bit to the way too early top 10. I thought he was a senior. No, he he. I'm pretty sure he's a redshirt sophomore. No, okay. redshirt junior. I'm sorry. Okay. Or maybe he's a junior. Look that up for me. Just fact check it for me. Um, and then I was. Uh, I guess there were a couple good storylines. I mean, LSU putting a romping on Oklahoma. It was sad to see Jalen Hurts go. Hurts go, but still, you know, you kind of. I, I I at least expected that. Um. And then I thought Georgia, obviously, playing with a bunch of second and third teamers, uh, beating Baylor in the fashion they did was impressive. Other than that, there weren't there weren't anything crazy. I'd honestly say maybe one of the most exciting bowls was Kentucky, uh, Kentucky versus Louisville. Or no, it was Kentucky versus uh, Virginia, Virginia Tech. Tech. The pregame fight was incredible. Uh, Bowden, the Bowden, the quarterback for Kentucky, was very good in the game, and you know, kudos to Kentucky. So. Really uh, pretty pretty mediocre bowl season in regards to the fact that a lot of the favorites ended up winning or, or didn't lose by much. So a little bit more uneventful than years past. Justin Herbert is, in fact, a senior I just checked. So um, he started college in 2016 and played his freshman year. Uh, Pierce, do you remember, I don't believe you put many points on it, but you picked LSU in the national championship. Do you remember, I think you put like, 50 or something like that. I don't know what we did for that, but I know last week when we went through, I had Clemson because I knew you were going to LSU and you had Clemson too and then switched because I told you to. So, Oh, so I won that. Yeah. So you didn't get those Technically points. speaking, you won. I think Oh, we, not technically. Very outright. I don't know. I mean, I told you I was going to go opposite of you regardless of what you picked. Yeah. I've, I talked you, I talked you, you into LSU. Um, I, I had, we'll say you bet about 50 LSU, points, but final jeopardy style. You bet 50 points. We were going LSU off money last Clemson. week. So I, I had, or point wise, we were going off like total points. Yeah. So I think I put 200 and something on that. Okay. Game, well, so. it doesn't matter. Cause that means that's how many points yeah, you, lost. you You won anyway. Let's just say you did 50. Congrats. I'm trying to be nice to you. I put 385 points on LSU. Pierce's total was 347. My total was 795 on the bowl season. I am the champion. Yes, I am. Just like Joe Burrow. 
I'm a, I guess you could call me a BDJ. A little bit of BG, BDJ action. Went right over my head. Oh, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The hat? Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> no comment on that. No comment. All right. Well, that's going to do Love it, it but no comment. Our bowl coverage. Uh, we're still going to cover some stuff from the 2019 season. Uh, but as of right now, we're going to do a little bit of a way too early look ahead. I mean, the dust hasn't even settled really on the season yet. We're still not 100% sure on the players that are planning on coming back and those that are planning on leaving, let alone the finalization of recruiting classes. Coaches are still in limbo, but we got to look ahead. We got to look at what the people are saying about the top 25 for next season. Uh, Pierce, I'd love to get your input on these selections. I'm going to go through for at least the first 15-ish and just batch them and go 1 through 5, or, or rather 25 through 20. And then you can comment on that batch. And then when we get into the te- the teens, or not the teens, the tens, rather, so the single digits, uh, I'd love to get more take, uh, break it down a little bit farther uh, on each team. But uh, I don't really want to necessarily hear your breakdown of uh, Boise State football. I'm sure it's uh, glowing reviews. Love the Smurf turf, but uh, we'll we'll glance over those pretty quickly. Uh, Pierce, number 25 is North Carolina. These are all projections, of course. Number 25, UNC. Number 24, Arizona State. Number 23, Baylor. Number 22, UCF. And number 21, Iowa. Any thoughts about those first five projections uh, rounding out the bottom of the top 25? Anything surprising to you or stand out? No, nothing in in particular. I mean, I, I think uh, if you look at this, I think Baylor is going to end up outside of the top twenty-five, losing Matt Rule. They'll still have some talent, but I, I don't know. As of now, we have not learned of their next head coach. So we've got some some options. Justin Fuente at um, Virginia Tech. I'd be surprised if he made that move. It's kind of a lateral move at best. Um, so that one's interesting, but if he takes over, I mean, he might be able to sustain a little bit, but I think they're out. I think uh, North Carolina has a chance to really move up from their ranking. We apologize in advance. This is the way too late top 25. You know, obviously, um, these teams are definitely going to end up in the spots that they're picked right now. It's a little bit crazy to be doing this, but obviously, college football, college this football is a big sleeps. deal. I mean, the LSU game was just three, two, three days ago, so... Um, but no, I, I it's this is what college well, football I think fans it's love. Interesting so too, because well, this I love is, it too. Well, this is kind of where you know they the people think that they finished the season. So if there's anything or where they you know with people leaving and stuff like you said, um, so I think it's kind of interesting. But to your point, it is kind of crazy that we're already talking about this. It's kind of crazy that people are already ranking about this. I mean, there's still injuries to be had, people to transfer, people to transfer in. Exactly, and and we'll touch on that a little bit later. If you're Georgia, people to get arrested and kicked off the team. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a few more schools for sure in the top twenty five that will have that happen. Um, yeah, it's 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 early, but we love it. This is what we. Uh, it's always fun when you get this type of content. Um, a lot of things will change, but yeah, I think North Carolina for sure. Um, Mac Brown's second year, you tend to see you know good coaches, and I know Mac Brown is a great coach, and he's maybe not in his prime like some other coaches, but that doesn't mean he can't coach and. I expect him to take a, a leap forward with Howell at quarterback for North Carolina. I think they'll they'll move up from that spot. So um I, I think uh, I think most of these teams are pretty well well ranked with the exception of Baylor. All right, let's move 
up five spots. The number 20, or at number 20, Boise State. Number 19, Memphis. Number 18, Cincinnati. Number 16, UT, the Texas Longhorns. And at number 16, the Louisville Cardinals. Pierce, a little fun fact before I get into your thoughts on this group of five here. Um, the Boise State Broncos have very quietly become the current active winningest program. So take that for what you will. It's crazy. Win for the little guys. <laughs> True. All right. Here you go. What do you think? What do you think about these five right here? Louisville, Texas, Cincinnati, Memphis, and Boise State. You know, not too much. Um, I think of anything... I think the one that stands out to me that will fall from this category is Memphis. I think Mike Norvell leaving. They get back uh, Brady White, their quarterback, and you know I expect them to have some talent. But I don't. I just it's it's tough in your first year, especially a Memphis program that um, you know is a springboard for other big time coaching gigs over the last five to ten years and. You know, I, while I, I expect them to make a good hire or, or to have a good co- coach um, in Ryan Silverfield, you know, I expect it to take a year or two or a couple of years. So um, I think they're the one that might fall out of this divi- or out of this rank, this bracket of five. Um, and then I'd say Louisville has a chance to move a little bit higher than their 16 ranking. I think um, I think what. Satterfield has done there has been incredible. Um, I think he's just going to keep it going. They're a pretty young team. So expect them to move up a few spots from the 16 spots. So I think those are the two hi- two teams that highlight this group of five. All right. Rounding out the top 15, number 15, Wisconsin, number 14, Michigan, number 13, Texas A&M, number 12, Penn State, and at number 11, row the boat, Minnesota. This is an interesting one. I, I honestly, I don't know if, uh, I mean, these are brand, these are pretty large brand schools and you know, they're going to have talent in there. I just, I could make a crazy leap for one of these schools falling out of this, this area of the top 25, but I think they'll still be talented and, and they're, but they're at the same time losing some key guys. I mean, Wisconsin losing Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, is Harbaugh ever going to take the leap? I just don't know. Shea Patterson's gone. Do they have a legit quarterback behind them? Texas A&M's losing Kellen Mond. They ought to be a few slots higher than what they're ranked currently or what they're in the way too early because they're technically not ranked. So kind of ridiculous. I said that I feel, feel dumb. They ought to take a leap up, but you never know who they have at quarterback. And then, Penn State and Minnesota, I expect to have good years and kind of be where they are now. So nothing crazy from this group of five. All right, let's start breaking it down one by one. Number 10, your point about big brand schools. This one might be one of the biggest and is the Notre Dame fighting Irish. They get Ian Book back, so that's good news for them. Kind of a disappointing season for them. Uh, And they are an independent team, so they've got to win as many as they can. They'll always have a tough schedule, but uh, they're coming in at number 10 projection for the 2020 season. What are your thoughts? Ian Book coming back is huge for Notre Dame. I think they have a chance to take a giant leap forward. Um, Unfortunately, they they have a tough schedule this next year. So having to play Wisconsin is not an easy test, Um, and then I've – I mean, obviously, Clemson is one of the top two or three programs over the last eight years. Yeah. So, 
Having to play Lama. those two schools is ridiculous. And is that at Notre Dame or at? I'm not sure about that. I'd have to double check. Um, but regardless, those two teams are going to come in and give them a fight, and I'd be surprised if they beat Clemson. But I think you look at their their schedule, and I'd be surprised if they lost more than two games. And I I kind of expect them with uh, some of the, you know, just some of the savviness they have at some of the positions that they needed in, especially Ian Book. I think they ought to have, you know, an 11, 11 win season. All right, the number nine team you're pretty familiar with, it's the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, It's been kind of an interesting time to be a Bulldog as of late. We had the high of the 2017 season where we made it all the way to the national championship. Of course, we lose there in overtime. Uh, And ever since then, it's been a little bit of a backsliding, backsliding. Uh, Jake Fromm, of course, I don't think it was a total shock, but I wasn't expecting it. He announces he's going to go pro. So you start facing who you're going to bring in as quarterback. You lose a lot of talent. Uh, offensively, uh, Cade Mays transfers, and he was looking to be the future of the program uh, on the line there. DeAndre Swift is gone. But Kirby's done a pretty good job of recruiting, so you've certainly got some people to reload there. But what are your thoughts? Number nine, is that too high or too low? Um, I think it's pretty close. I, I If I had to lean one way, I'd say a little too high. Um, I'll see it when I believe it. From leaving, it's been crazy. George, drama just follows George around more than any program. I feel like, um, from leaving was a surprise, and then obviously Cade Mays leaving was ridiculous. Um, you can certainly understand it, but some of the stories that have come out after were crazy. So it's felt like this crazy reality TV show that we've been watching, but only listening to. Um, and you know, it's not fabricated. Well, it might be fabricated. Um. I don't know. I'll see when I believe it because the transfer from Wake Forest, Jamie Newman, I think is certainly a, a solid talent. Excited to have him. Just don't know how we're going to be able to utilize him similarly to Wake. Um, we certainly will have some more options on the outside and receiver. They'll be young, without with the exception of Pickens, um, and also the JUCO transfer Trey McKitty from Florida State, who was. Uh, up for tight end of the year last year, which is a great transfer as well. Just don't know because I like the running backs that Georgia has. I just, it's hard to say that anyone's going to be as good or close to as good as, as DeAndre Swift defense will be great. So the defense will carry this team. So I do, I don't see them losing more than two or three games, but I, I see them probably finishing right around this area. So nothing crazy. At number eight, you've got the Auburn Tigers. Coming off of the high of beating Alabama, hopefully their hedges have recovered at this point, Bo Nix is heading into his sophomore year, hoping to avoid the sophomore slump. But uh, he was named freshman of the year in the SEC, so that's pretty good for Gus Malzahn and company. It's kind of funny. He's one of those coaches that every single season I feel like we're going into it saying, hey, is, is the Gus bus on the hot seat? And he manages to stick around. I'm not sure that's what the conversation will be with him this year, um, but it is kind of interesting how he's always on a very, very short leash. Yeah, I mean, he, he you're right. He, it, it is kind of funny. And, you know, leave it to Auburn to give him uh, a contract extension after last year. And I think he has a buyout of 17, maybe it's 19 million. So, well, Al- Al- Auburn's not shy and away from paying that if need be. It's gonna take a little bit to to actually do that. I, this one's a this one might be one of the most difficult picks of the entire top ten because 
Bo Nix coming back, there's a lot to like with him, um, especially with Chad Morris coming in from Arkansas, uh, offensive coordinator for, Al- or for Auburn this next year. I don't know why I keep wanting to say Alabama. Um, oh, we'll get to them. I guess because they, they beat Alabama this year. <laughs> um, it's Auburn, Alabama. I think their their offense will be better than this past year. Their defense won't be close. Um, so I don't know how they're, they'll are they fare because you know week in and week out, if you've got a solid defense, you can hang with, with most every team in the SEC because the talent can be somewhat similar. Um, I, think, I, I think Auburn might... I think they're more prone to finish 10 or 12. Um, if they don't, then I'll be shockingly surprised. But there's a lot to like about this team, especially I think next year might be their year. Um, so like next this year, team. 2020 or 2021? Twi- I'm sorry, 2021. Okay. Um, with Bo Nix as a, as a junior, um, some of the guys that are stepping in key roles, having experience, I think next year might be the year for Auburn. And or two years fair, ago. Gus Bus does have some stuff to replace on defense. So offensively, they might be looking pretty good as they settle into year two of the Bo Nix uh, exper- uh, yeah, experience. But uh, they got to replace their entire secondary. So that's going to be an uphill battle for Auburn. Uh, going out west, Pierce, number seven, the Oregon Ducks. Uh, this is an interesting thing to note. Not to note, but it's just interesting this team because when they were under Chip Kelly, it felt like they were always in the conversation for a national championship. Of course, that was pre-playoff days. Um, but now, ever since then, they've been kind of struggling. Chip Kelly kind of left them. Uh, they they always had a really fast running back and a QB who could run like crazy. And uh, Mario Cristobal has done something a little bit different there, but they're finally back in the national conversation. I think the biggest uphill battle for Oregon and any of the Pac-12 teams is the fact that not that there's an anti-Pac-12 bias, but they're just so far gone down the other side of the road, uh, kind of the opposite of the SEC. You kind of give the SEC the benefit of the doubt. You kind of just assume the Pac-12 is just not all that good, and that's where the conversation is surrounding them. So until they put up some big numbers and get some stuff done, I don't foresee anybody from the Pac-12 really getting in the, uh, the playoffs necessarily. It's going to be interesting for Cristobal. He's got to replace Herbert, of course. Um, but number seven is ultimately where they are projecting them in the way too early look ahead to the top twenty-five. Uh, any thoughts there on the uh, on the Ducks? Yeah, I you I like what you said. Cristobal is bringing a different philosophy to this team. It's not as much up tempo spread. They want to have some elements of that on offense, but they're much more centered around the offensive and de- defensive line, playing discipline, playing smart, playing fast and strong especially on the defensive side of the ball. Great recruiting class, another top 10 recruiting class, as it, it, at least out it should finish um, come three weeks from now, two weeks from now. I don't know how they'll sustain a, a top seven finish or a top eight finish. I, I think they're going to fall a few spots here, if not maybe more. I think they'll lose two or three games. I just don't – when you lose a, a player like Herbert, and I'll admit I wasn't sold on Herbert. I think he has the intangibles and – the traits to be a good quarterback, I just don't know if I saw it consistent, consistently enough from him. Um, and the fact that that is the case in my review of Oregon, I just don't know if I can jump on the bandwagon for next year knowing that they're going to be breaking in a new quarterback, regardless of who it is. So um, I think two or three wins is and, and, a, and a top 20 will be where Oregon finishes out, but not top 10. Sounds good. All right, Pierce. If there's going to be a major threat to George Bulldog and the 
Bulldogs in the SEC East. It's going to be this team sitting at number six in the way too early look ahead. It's the Florida Gators. Of course, Kyle Trask is coming back, so that's going to be good for Dan Mullen as he looks to finally get uh, Georgia toppled and uh, put Florida back on top of the SEC East. Yeah, I uh, I agree with this ranking 100%. I don't think it'll be much more than or much higher than top six. Don't think it'll be much lower than top six. I think Trask coming back um, will be serviceable enough. I think he is a better quarterback than they've had in the last five or six years. I think, uh, and he's good enough to to put up numbers and also elevate this team to a top top five potential uh, ranking at the end of the ne- next year. So um, it's going to come down to the Georgia Florida game, the world's hardest outdoor cocktail party, and. I think it'll be a dogfight. I think it'll be close. No pun intended on the dogfight. I think it it will be close, but at the end of the day, I feel better about what just just having seen this past year what Trask and company can do, knowing that we're going to be breaking in a new quarterback. He ought to be ready by then, but I just don't know. I read something that said, um, and I agree with it. It, it said, you know, how is Georgia going to be better? An, a great offensive line can offset a new quarterback. A great quarterback can offset a new offensive line. Breaking in both can be scary, so that that's kind of where I land in the SEC East, and I think Florida is deserve de- deserving of this ranking. So I think that's a fair trade for or tra- fair spot for Florida at six. All right, let's start breaking down the top twenty or top five rather. Uh, coming in at number five, sitting just outside of what would be the playoff spots, is Oklahoma. Of course, they lost pretty handily to LSU in the first round of the. Uh, playoffs it's going to be the first year in three years that they don't have a transfer quarterback at the helm as of right now anything could happen here chase bryce might be looking for a new home so uh i don't know if that changes anything for you in your assessment of lincoln riley you'd like to think that that means he's got a guy who he can who has you know he's brought to fit his system as opposed to trying to fit his system to the guy um but you know he's proven to be a pretty much a wizard at the offense defensively they have really struggled so I'm not sure where your thoughts are with this number five for Oklahoma and how you might think they might finish the 2020 season but ultimately in the look ahead they are ranked at number five I yeah I I don't know how um well I know this is a fair ranking because they just keep churning out top five finishes year in and year out you're right. Not having a quarterback that they feel good about transferring in is a big deal. They do have Spencer Rattler and uh, Tanner Mordecai, very serviceable QBs. And I tend to think that when you're in an offense like Oklahoma, as long as you can throw the ball, I feel like you can be fairly successful in that in that offense. So, and I think their defense will be fairly similar. I think they lose Kenneth Murray. Um, and, and he was probably my favorite defensive player this entire year last year. I just loved watching him play. I think their defense will be better the second year under their new defensive coordinator. So as long as uh, one of those QBs emerges and has a good year or they get a transfer, I think they'll be fine. Even regardless of that, I think they'll still have a good year. While five might be a little high, I think they'll finish in the top 10 per usual. All right, Pierce. At number four, your reigning national champions, the LSU Tigers. Not, I mean, we were talking about this before we started recording. I was a little bit surprised to see them drop so low. I just figure when you're a national champion, you get a little bit more of the benefit of the doubt. You get ranked a little bit higher. But uh, you've got some thoughts here. And to be fair, they are losing 20 seniors from this team. That's kind of crazy. 
certainly would be interesting to see them repeat any of the level of success they had this past season. But uh, I want to hear your thoughts on the LSU Tigers being ranked number four. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's a little high. To be honest with you, I think a lot of where they're placed is because they won the national championship, and fairly so. They're losing a lot. They're losing a lot. They're also losing, uh, you know, more than a few or juniors. So, um, Jacob Phillips has declared. Um, let's see, Grant Delpit's declared, who was the best safety in the country last year. They're losing a lot of guys, uh, and we'll see who comes in to replace Joe Burrow. That's uh, very lofty. Brennan, yeah, yeah. I'm I I'm starting to lean towards Derek. King from Houston transferring, oh, transferring to LSU. There. Okay. Um, I've heard a lot of rumblings lately on that. I also think Oklahoma is a potential landing spot, but I think with the recent success of LSU, how s- similar I feel like, how close those two cities are, not that Oklahoma's far away from Houston, but L- New Orleans is a little, or Baton Rouge is a little closer. I think Derek King is looking to go to a flashy program like that that he knows might have a chance to win early um so yeah i i think this is us I, I i don't know this is an interesting team too you just don't know how they're going to respond with some of their young players but they continue to recruit at a high level and they'll certainly be in the top 10 um you know for most of this decade so um they're forced to be reckoned with all righty number three pierce no uh <laughs> no stranger rather to uh, the top 25 is the Alabama Crimson Tide. The bleeding might not be done for them. Still waiting to hear from Najee Harris about whether or not he's going to go. But Tua has declared. And so not the huge deal for them. They're, again, kind of in the same boat as Georgia and Clemson. They just reload. Uh, and they're bringing enough, enough recruiting in that it's not a big deal. But certainly going to be a different-looking Tide in the upcoming season. Number three, Pierce. You hate to see it, but you also are used to seeing it. The Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Uh, of the college football landscape. Is this the year that Saban gets back on top? I wouldn't go that far. I think they'll they'll be right there in the conversation. Tua leaving's massive for them. Um, They're always going to have great players. They're always going to be in the conversation. Interested to see how Mac Jones does in in his first full offseason as a starting quarterback. You can see guys respond to that very well, or you can see them get a little dinged up and frustrated. And and so we'll see how that comes out. I lean towards uh, him getting better in this next year, but I don't know if it'll be enough. Uh, Najee Harris, I read some reports today that said he has announced to come back. So that's certainly a large boost for them. Um, obviously, things can change, um, as, as I saw one big recruit, Kylan Hill, out of Mississippi State, declared in December and decided he was coming back. So he obviously didn't send his paper. So there's a lot that can go down, but apparently he's back. I think, I think Alabama will be good. I think they're going to be a top two or three team this year and they've got too much talent not to be. So Mac Jones can just be a distributor like an AJ McCarron or John Parker Wilson. I think the sky's the limit for this team. So no baby Tua. Well, it could be. I mean, I think as long as, You've seen Saban in the past go with the more more sure-handed guy, the guy that's not going to turn it over as much, and a comfort level is huge with Saban. So if he feels particularly 
you know, if he feels well or great about one particular quarterback on their team, he's going to ride them. So um, regardless of if they're a, a Tua or Jalen Hurts level. You are correct. I apologize about that. Najee Harris announced today he is going to be returning. So that's big news for Alabama and uh, Nick Saban. Pierce, number two, Ryan Day and the Ohio State Buckeyes. Ryan Day, of course, heading into year two of his head coaching gig. Uh, He came out smelling like roses after year one, won a bunch of awards. But uh, I don't really know what's next for Ohio State other than the fact that they have – no Chase Young, but they do have, on the opposite side of the ball, they've got Justin Fields returning. And, of course, he had a great first outing as a starting quarterback. Uh, not a freshman, but a starting quarterback. And uh, lots of – I want to – really quickly, I got a beef. I'm so tired of everybody talking about how Justin Fields left Georgia to go to Ohio State. Now they're in the playoffs. Can you believe that? Hello, Joe Burrow started at Ohio State, but we don't hear a lot of talk about that now, do we? Just going to throw that out there. Um, let's hear your thoughts here, Pierce, on Ohio State. I think they'll be great. I think they're going to be, I don't think they're a top, they're a national championship team next year, but I think they'll finish in the top four. Justin Fields coming back is so big for them, regardless of how good he is. Just having a quarterback in your first year to your second year that's coming back is massive for a, for a head coach. I think, I expect, um, Ohio State to still be very good and talented on the defensive side of the ball. Um, even though they're losing some people, they they ought to re, regroup just like they always do. So no reason to uh, hate on Ohio State here. Like the talent, love that Justin Fields is coming back, love that Ryan Day gets them back. Ohio State will be a top four or five team this year. All right, and finally at number one, no surprise here, the Clemson Tigers, fresh off their loss to the national championship, they return a lot of young guys, and it's no surprise being in the ACC that they're probably going to win that conference. So I would go ahead and lock them up for a playoff spot way too early, obviously, way, way too early. Anything could happen. But Trevor Lawrence is coming back, and they've got a lot of, uh, like I said, a lot of young talent. So I'm going to go ahead and say it, lock them up for a playoff spot next year. Yeah, unfortunately, I hate agreeing with these things. A lot can change between now and the start of next year. And and I'm sure my top 10 will change um, between now and then. But if I had to say right now, Clemson will be, would be my top choice. Getting Lawrence back, I think he will be the next the, the best quarterback in the country next year. Uh, most likely win the Heisman. I'd be surprised if he didn't. Um, we'll see between now and then. Uh, but I think what we've seen is just a, an elite-level quarterback. He had an un, unusual game in the national championship, but he, you've, you saw him do it the year before. He went 25-0, and 0, for gosh sakes, before losing his first. So um, I have no reason to say he's going to continue the trend he had in, in the national championship game. And Clemson wasn't the same caliber of team they were the year that Lawrence took him to the national championship and won. So I think they're just going to be better than they were this year. And that's a scary thing when they don't have to play anyone crazy and then they can play a little bit of an underdog mentality. So like Clemson next year a lot, regardless of if I switch them out from the number one or national championship team um, is obviously to be determined. But regardless, they'll be a top four team. All right. 
that is our way too early look at the top 25 for the 20. Way too early. Way too early. But hey, we had to have something to talk about. The season's over. It's got a lot of filler stuff here. Um, but that being said, we do have weekly episodes coming to you still. We've got some fun things planned and in the works. Hoping to bring some people who are a little bit more official than us. Maybe know a little bit more about these individual conferences than us. Not that we are not knowledgeable, but we're not experts. We're not. We're just semi-knowledgeable. We're somewhat knowledgeable on these things. So um, going to be, like I said, doing some fun things. We're going to have takeover months where we focus on each individual conference. Uh, going to be a fun offseason. We don't want to leave you too long without college football coverage. So we're not going to go dark. We're not going away. Go ahead and subscribe so that you can get all of those episodes. You're not missing a single one. And you can follow us on social media in the show notes below. We'll try to do some off-season content there as well. But ultimately, we are here just to keep talking about the sport that we love, which is college football. Going to be a lot of new news. I mean, the off-season, the cool thing about it is the off-season is really not that quiet anymore. You've got a lot of stuff going on. So certainly going to look ahead to the draft, going to look at the coaching carousel, going to look at transfers, all of that goodies, like I said, coming to you in the weeks ahead. So that's going to do it for us here Thank you so much for all of your support and, uh, um, you know, paying attention and reviews if you did that and telling us how much you like the podcast. It's really been awesome to hang out with you all this season and been a fun finish here at the end. Congrats again to the LSU Tigers. Uh, in the off season, a little bit of homework for y'all. If you wouldn't mind rating and subscribe, or sorry, I was subscribing, rating and reviewing the podcast. That helps us grow and also lets us know what you like about the show. Um, if you don't like it, keep it yourself. We don't care. For the Sibling Rivalry Podcast, though, for the last time of the 2019 season, I'm Madison. And I'm Pierce. Stay blessed, y'all.